It is July 13th, 2023. This is Atlanta United FC Weekly, a home before dark podcast. good ones guys some good ones well it's been a while tim it has i am tim herb as always i'm joined by my lovely co-host mr kevin bradley over to that side of the screen from me and then uh, mr dan james down below oh, what are you guys uh, sipping on tonight kevin what do you got uh e.h taylor single barrel i don't know what that means well it's explain bourbon. it to me explain it's, it to me it's bourbon okay what is what is what is single? So there are bourbons where they move them from barrel to barrel to age them in different barrels. Mm-hmm. Well, no, it's more that they like Not for big right. distilleries, they will dump all of the barrels into one big batch and then dilute it down to the proof that they basically bottle it at, and then they bottle it at that. Single barrel is still diluted to that same proof but it's just from one barrel and not mixed with a bunch of others so is is that the devil's cut or the angel's cut i'm just kidding the angel's cut is supposed to be the stuff that evaporates right off of yeah. the or the angels it's not the angel's cut devil's cut is what's still inside the barrel wood you suck it out the wood tim right that's what it that's is what right it's like you extract it from the wood that's the devil's cut that's right and then kid rock sells it that's right yeah what about you, Dan? That looked like a craft um, ginger beer, but it, I saw it said IPA on it. So, yeah, it's a Lagunitas IPA. Oh, nice! Beer, beer speaks. We have a lot of uh, Lagunitas uh, mason jars in our house. Really? Yeah, Lagunitas mason jars. Yeah, I, I don't think I think my wife may or may not have taken them from bars over the years. Oh, cool! Yeah. Good job, Angie. It has it just has like the dog on one side of it? I think. The Lagunitas dog, yeah, and then the logo on the other side. Cool, like that. Once I had some friends around, and I chalk painted their names on some pint glasses, and I still can't have got the names off the pint glasses. Yeah, that's as cool as my house is. Nice, nice. I'm sipping on uh, Coke Zero before the government takes it away from us. So just gonna keep. I think Coke Zero is fine because it's Splenda, right? It's no, it's aspartame. Oh no, it's aspartame. Oh, I thought Coke Zero was Splenda. Nah. Right there. Uh, Cancer causing carbonated water, caramel color, phosphoric acid, aspartame. I also think it used to be Splenda. No, it never has been. There are only a few things that have Splenda in them. It's like Diet Coke. There's a Splenda version of Diet Coke, but otherwise everything is uh, aspartame. And uh, I personally am uh, suspicious that the sugar lobby is back involved telling us what's wrong with other food. And, tell uh, us, Tim. Tell us. T- just hey, take big us, sugar. Take yeah. us down. Take us down the rabbit hole, Q. Dude, big, big, big sh- rabbit hole, T. No, no, no. no. Big, <laughs> big sugar did it back with uh, the Harvard studies, right? That demonized fat. 
why why wouldn't they do it with uh with with the rise of all of the um all of the diet sodas diet sodas are a lot more popular I mean the the dairy the dairy lobbyists have done it to the nut milks. Wait, it wouldn't be the other way around, right? I don't know. No, the dairy lobbyists were saying that almond milk isn't good because it uses a lot more water to. Oh, it does it. though. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. but it's not like methane produced. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Anyway, it's like all of all of California requires a ton of water that they don't have to produce what they what they produce. Right. From. Yeah. So. I think the biggest elephant in the room is Kevin. Your beard is very thin on the ground. Uh, he, so he went mustache one day. I yeah, saw I did, him on I did Instagram. mustache for July Fourth, Dan. I don't know if you knew that. I saw uh, Instagram stories, and I was like, "I think they were out of order too." I was like, "How do you grow that beard so quick again?" Hold on, I'll uh, I'll pull it <laughs> how up. Do, and put how it do up you do it? Yeah, I want to shout out the people in the trap while you're while you're doing that. Jay Hennaball, Brittany S, Anthony Neitzel. For the troops, baby. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> oh, You're just boy. missing your MAGA cap now. <sighs> I was just pulling over random strangers on the street asking for ID, you know? <laughs> <laughs> and they complied. <laughs> that was the funny thing is they complied. Yeah. 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 Who's, yeah. The, uh, who's the big guy out of Super Troopers? Oh, Farva. Farva, yeah. yes. Yeah. That's what you look like. Uh, we also got Michelle, Josh Pagransky in, uh, in the trap. Um, Brittany S. The... I already said Brittany S. Oh, you did? I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we haven't recorded in like six months, and who's in there but Brittany S. And Jay Hennibal. Yeah. I, I see. We see. We see who has their notifications turned on. We see it. Just two people. We absolutely do. Guys, do we need a Threads <laughs> account? I really don't want to get a Threads account, but do we I need thought- one? I thought we were doing going back old school to MySpace. The problem was I signed up for MySpace again, and they I, I don't know if they didn't pay their server bills but or their SendGrid account and, or send, SendGrid subscription, but I never got the confirmation email to like verify our account, and I just forgot about it. Oh, well. I don't, yeah, I don't I don't think it's ever coming. I think it's I think it's stuck out there in the ether. But you know what I don't love the the fact that. It, with threads, if you start a threads account, you can't delete it without deleting your Instagram account. Oh, really? Mm. That's at least that's some of the like terms of service that I saw people posting. Interesting. Wow. Tim is all about conspiracies today, Kevin. Dude, he is in it. He's in it deep, dude. Dinosaurs weren't real. Parenthood yeah. has made Tim a real, real nut job. He's just got <laughs> more and more isolated and detached from society, and I am starting to okay. get worried. It's okay. So it's it's not it's not that dinosaurs weren't real, but they were like the size of house cats. And the reason it's just over time the the Earth's temperature underground has caused mm-hmm. thermal expansion of those fossils to make them look bigger than they really mm-hmm. are. I bet you're the type of kid who glued on feathers to all of their dinosaur toys. No, 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 no. He's, I still he's I, just coating his hand in the same glue just to peel it off. He was that. <laughs> it's pretty cool, though. It is cool. It is pretty cool. I was like, this is white. Now it's clear. Like, how does that work? How does Magnets. that work? How do they work? <laughs> exactly. Oh boy, we got Brandon Scott in here too. Um, yeah. Uh, 
Oh, oh, I forgot about this. Andy, uh, our buddy Andy Watkins in, this, in our in our Slack had posted about his season ticket prices going up the most they've gone up ever. You know who doesn't have to worry about that? The people that got off that fucking train last year <laughs> because I was sick of the same bullshit year after year. Inflation's too much as it is. There's not a good enough product on the field. Fuck that. Is it Was it $64 a game or total increase? Um, for what for Andy? Yeah, specifically. No, 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 no. I think it. I think. I think his face value per game went up from like fifty something to sixty four. That's just stupid. It's too much. It's too fucking much. Yeah, I think he was. I think he was showing us the per game increase. I don't have my phone in front of me, but that's that's um, ridiculous. That is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I don't know, Kevin. I think Brown Liquor Kevin's out tonight. I think that. Doubled. I mean, think about that. Face I'm ready for some rants. Like that's all I'm saying. Is I'm ready for some rants. What they were in the first two first two years, and arguably Atlanta's not any closer to winning a trophy than they were then. Michelle says hers went up three hundred dollars for the season. Am I crazy? Am I misremembering my first our first season as founding members? I think our tickets were our season tickets were less than three hundred for the year. No, they were they were. I think they were like three fifty. Okay, but still, right? So three hundred like, divided by seventeen, they went up. Yeah, I mean seventeen dollars a game. So that kind of checks out. If oh were, yeah, I mean, but but I mean, when you think about it, I think that's like an homage to the true seventeens. Like we're totally oh. fine paying seventeen <laughs> extra per game. That marketing team is looking to get back on the map, baby. Yeah, they let down an opportunity. Yeah, you guys could have been playing a lot more. Seventeen dollars a game every season. Like it's not increase increase every season per game. Yeah, true seventeens. Yeah, uh, Brandon Scott, it's the messy inflation. That's it. You're paying an extra three hundred dollars for the one game a season to go watch Messi play your team. Right. Can't you sell that one ticket though and still pay for your entire season ticket? I think package? that's all leveled out now. I don't know that it's as gangbusters as it was whenever it No, it definitely it definitely isn't because even the last time we recorded was a few weeks ago and it was maybe a week after the the announcement and there were tickets in the thousands of dollars and by the time we went to check Ticketmaster on the broadcast they had like dropped quite a bit. I think people were just seeing what they can get for them. Oh yeah, yeah. And some people got it. I mean, the early people definitely capitalized. Do you? And you know what's fucked is like you have no idea this far out if nope. he's even going to play against us. <laughs> if he's even going to be healthy. If he's going, I mean, hopefully he is. I don't. I don't want him to be injured. I think it's amazing for American soccer for him to be here. But yeah, I just like you're taking a risk that he's even going to show. Like he's even going to be able to play. Yeah. Yeah. And then the fact that, like, they're somehow going to have the entire, like, 2015 Barcelona squad uh, join Miami, right? With Eric as the coach now. Yeah, exactly. They got Messi. They have Sergio Busquets. Did they sign Jordi Alba? Has he signed I've heard a rumor. I I don't know if it's confirmed or not. And then Eden Hazard might come. I'm like, how? Like... How do you pay for how does that work? Please. I don't I don't know how that works. Hazard would for sure be a DP. Um I mean Pizarro's out on loan, right? They're just doing like some shady backdoor deals where they're like, look, we can only have three DPs, but they can change next year. So you'll come in low this year, but we're gonna pay an exorbitant amount of money to cover you for two years of a contract. Then we're gonna swap them out and 
bump you up and drop the other guy down yeah. next year to try to balance it out. <laughs> or or we'll get you some sort of lucrative sponsorship that's paid through Dogecoin. And yeah, yeah that's, I mean, that's what they did. I, I'm pretty sure that's what they did in PSG with Messi's contract was a lot of it was funded by like to get around FFP. It was like funded by crypto, some sort of like fan uh, funded crypto or something like that. Oh dear. No wonder he's looking for another paycheck. <laughs> so I feel like the, I mean, what has really hit home for me now, like I appreciate them releasing the MLS uh, PA, releasing all the uh, compensation amounts that, as much as they have. And I appreciate Atlanta United on the rust, on the MLS roster page putting the uh, lengths of the contracts on there. So I appreciate that. But I feel like we need some more transparency, especially with what's happened with Ibarra now. Uh, I yeah. want to I want to understand really how did we come to this like what were the steps that were taken who did we try to move before him and how many times did we try how many other teams did we get because um I I would just appreciate even more transparency just because the MLS rules are so convoluted uh, even though they're all posted there's still a whole bunch of processes that we're not aware of as fans that make us even more frustrated yeah who well first uh i think we tried to game the system i mean that's absolutely what we try to do right in then, terms of how like, how though lever- leveraging assets or what we thought were assets right like being able to move a guy like mosquera uh to who else did we bring in under it who sorry i'm trying to bring up that's this part of the problem, and I'm trying to f- figure out who all of our U22s are, right? So it's, 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 it's a Barra, Mascara, Sosa, yeah. Eric Mascara Lopez. And so, yeah. I mean, because you're only allowed to have three, we have four, right? So we right. shipped off Franco Ibarra because nobody wants Eric Lopez, nobody wants Mascara, and I'm guessing nobody wants Santiago Sosa, or we didn't want to move him for... I don't know why, especially after seeing that nutmeg in the middle of the field against, um, oh. against Carlos Heel. Not that yeah. getting megged by Carlos Heels like the worst thing in the world to have happen to you, but I just don't. That's the only. Th- that's the only thing I can think is that those three guys were immovable assets, because I don't yeah. know. Like looking at it from a pretty uneducated fan standpoint, like throughout the year, I felt Franco Abara had like a kind of a hold on a starting position in this uh, midfield. Yeah, he was our best midfielder, <laughs> uh, apart from Almada. Like, but it, it's, it, it, what, like what, 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 sorry, go ahead, Dan. Sorry. I have oh, so much to say about the shit. Yeah. I mean, definitely like, obviously at the end of the day, they couldn't figure out how to move somebody else. So they had to move like their hands were forced, but it opens it up to a whole bunch of fan conjecture. And quite frankly, Twitter has got so toxic right now that it, all sorts of shit's coming out. Um, but it, I would appreciate to understand what the process was that they went through to get there. But I'm, you know, I'm, I'm probably never going to know that. Uh, but that would be a good article for Lipe to write rather than just trying to get Franco Ibarra's initial thoughts on the whole thing. And now he's got to apologize to Toronto. So I feel like understanding the team process would be better than just firing off uh, an easy clicky article that would be something i'd be interested in reading no and 
I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, I think we just got caught with our pants down, to be honest. And mm-hmm. I think this may be the biggest, you know, we've had misses on transfers and that's going to happen. But like, I think like this may be the worst, uh, the worst error that I've seen the front end make because it's, it's just like not knowing your rules and then like missing on how many players in a like confined restricted um, category of the roster yeah. the way that they did. Like it just, it's, I, I posted it on Twitter, but it's embarrassing to me. I know somebody said like, this is, this is like the example of this prime example of like irrational hyperbole or something like that by the Atlanta United fan base. But I, I totally disagree. Like this, this makes Bocanegro look worse than missing on, you know, any of the other players that he's missed on because you're having to play musical chairs and it's pretty apparent that the guys that you had at the U22 uh, roster position were not movable because you moved your best player in that mm-hmm. in that spot. And it just sucks and it's embarrassing and honestly I I think we've all tried to be fair on this podcast uh, to Carlos Bocanegra and give him credit where credit's due like with the Almada signing and whatnot but like this is just bad. Like I don't I don't know how you and it, it, that might be hyperbole, but I don't know how you recover from that. Yeah. I don't know how you, well, you, you go win a championship. Uh, with what? The, like, no, I, no, abs- I understand. We're, we're an absolutely mid table MLS squad. Like that's, we're a mediocre MLS team. That's it. Yeah. But I, I feel like, like in the tenure in two, three years, if we win a champion, if, Big if, if we win a championship, then that kind of solves everything for me. But the the whole process and in terms of the way that it's been framed of how Atlanta United went about it with Ibarra, like it was very sort of cut and dry, hey, you're going. And it's like everyone is like, well, how did we get here? Like, I, I mean, I understand like that the, you kind of, you can only have three U22s. You, you you have to get rid of one. And I understand like market values in terms of who was player. Obviously, he was the easiest player to move because he's been one of our best midfielders. But it's and obviously this squad isn't going to win a championship. And it's more of the the bigger picture down the road. But it's. I I'm just want to understand that. that like that's that's the frustrating part about like the bigger picture down the road. It's like inevitably that bigger picture down the road continues to fall apart because the bigger picture down the road ends up squandering the bigger players that you have right now and the likes of Tiago Almada that's going to be long gone by the time that those things come to bear fruit. Like it just makes no sense to me. Um, And the other thing you have to think about, like the category of player we're talking about is your future. Right. And if you're missing on all of those guys, then the bigger picture down the road doesn't exist. Like if we have to sit and like bear out these contracts until they're done, instead of being able to move these guys, like I just find it crazy. We weren't able to find a suitor for Edwin Mosquera, even like somewhere in MLS to say, Hey, take him on loan for the rest of the year. I mean, we got 50,000 in GAM for, for Ibarra, who's a very solid midfielder. And to Dan's point about like the bigger picture long-term, what on this roster right now, not just with the exits that have happened so far, but the ones that we know are coming through the likes of Almada, 
Miles Robinson and likely Brad Guzan lead you optim leave you optimistic going into future seasons outside of Yakamakis at this at this point. Like what what about this big end game is there on a, a foundational level? Like, I mean, I just don't see it right now. And maybe it comes over the course of the summer window and the off season this year, but I just don't even see that. Like there's nothing that, I mean, it's, it's troubling to say the least, man. It really, really is. I mean, and, and I can rationalize it. The, the trade of Gutman stung certainly because of everything that he's brought on the offensive side of the ball. And I thought he was a perfectly serviceable defensive player as well. And I thought that he, but I can also see the standpoint of for all of the, you know, love I have for Gutman. We are a team that defensively speaking has given up the most goals in the league. Like <laughs> it's not like he's some huge standout performer on the defensive side of the ball and you're not putting him in a rotation to do all the stuff that he was doing offensively. Like it seemed like he was doing way more on the offensive side of the ball than he was defensively. And so I can kind of wrap my head around that. But to Tim's point, it's like some of these other ones, it's, I just, I don't know where or how this is leading to something greater in the long term. So the only way I can see it is our academy is starting to produce, starting, only now starting to produce some higher end players. Like obviously <laughs> Caleb Wiley is like the poster boy for this. Absolutely. Um, a, a Jay of Fortune. Jay of Fortune? Jay Fortune is, he's starting. He has seemed to be pretty good. Uh, I mean, in midfielder, he's still very young, but he's got some ways to go. Uh, Noah Cobb, obviously, is someone who's coming in. Um, but it's just starting to mature, and we're starting to see some of that that better fruit that's been able to come come in, and the vines are getting a little bit more mature. So as we move on, the idea is that Academy are obviously going to get better because we're we will put resources to it. Um, the other thing is, I think that it's got to be transfers that we don't know of yet that oh, yeah. that should be coming. Sure. Like nobody nobody had heard of Yakamakis before. No, absolutely, absolutely. Um, and, and you know that they, with, they have to have one in waiting because we do have a free DP slot. Like, there's no way they just yeah. go the rest of the season without le at least filling that. Somewhere. I don't know, right. man. I don't know, man. What if they feel like they can't find – we we have seen some sides not exercise all three DP slots. Yeah. Um, if we don't think the guy is there. I, I, I don't know. I feel like there has to be somebody out there. And, you know, somebody brought it up in the trap earlier, like announced Diego Rossi, and there were rumors – earlier today that seemingly were already squashed by Doug Roberson of uh, the AJC that the Diego Rot bringing Diego Rossi back to MLS is not happening, which sucks. He's, he's been playing. Is he been playing in Italy? Uh, Turkey, Fenerbahce. Yeah. So we've been linked with two Turkey, Turkish super league based wingers the past week. I, I could not for the life of me pronounce the Georgian guy's name that, uh, Lobianse. Okay. That's what I've done. Yeah. I'll take your or word Saba. for it. That's his first thing. <laughs> my, so like my problem with this is this again, it just shows the inability to work within the confines of the MLS structure and being able to capitalize on that. I mean, the whole point of like those U 22 guys was supposed to be able to, you kind of get maybe potential DP level guys without having to pay 
or having to take up those slots. I mean, that thought was that's what the thought behind Eric Lopez was whenever we signed him, right? Like he was eventually mm-hmm. gonna be a DP guy. Same with Sosa. And Sosa looked that way for a while. Uh maybe not so much lately, but uh the Edwin Mons- Mascara signing always kind of baffled me. I, I never understood it to begin with. And then now we're kind of just stuck with him. It was such a quick snap signing as well. Like I felt like it, we were a few weeks to the awards, the end of the season and they signed him and nobody had heard of him. There'd been very little rumors, I do believe. And we signed him to a pretty lucrative contract from his perspective. Yeah. And now, and now here we are, but I feel the defensive, I mean, the mutually termination of that loan I feel like that was something that really was unforeseen throughout the season. Like you would think he would just stay there. I mean, we got Barco on loan, River Plate purchased him. We got uh, Marcelino on loan and um, Cortiba purchased him. So those, those things were going good, but you know, the Mascara thing, the loan terminated, that was like, Ooh, Oh dear. But like, where is Eric Lopez at? Like, why is he that bad that you can't like try him out instead of Miguel Barry? I mean, I don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, Stephen Perales is right. I mean, Machop Chol has been putting in good shifts. He's not great, but consistently good. He's definitely. I think he kind of uh, adds a different dynamic to the the gameplay. Like with his length, his speed, his agility. I feel like he kind of catches guys off guard. Um, and then the scrappiness we saw with the the consolation goal last night, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm excited to see what Chol can do. Like Chol, I'm, Chol reminds me of like middle school football players that haven't realized, or like a um, like a Labrador or a golden retriever puppy. Like he doesn't realize his size and has it grown into his body somehow. Like he's just so <laughs> lanky on the ball and it just seems like he's so awkward with his touches, but he's still able to make that goal happen that he ended up squeaking out. Like it was just, it, it's just so funny to see him on the ball because he has such an awkward gait, basically whenever he's on the ball. Yeah. I, I, so I think he started one game and I don't think he did well in that one. I can't remember which game it was, but when he's come off the bench, he has had some, I think it maybe could be because he's a fresh set of legs going against a tired defense, but. And a, a fresh set of fast legs too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like lengthy fast. Um, yeah. I, and I honestly, I, I think he has so much potential and I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that I don't think that we found the best way to deploy him yet. And I don't know mm. if he knows his best position because we've seen him put at winger. We've seen him put it. I feel like he played the number 10 at some point uh, during the mm-hmm. season. Um, <laughs> and he's shown like sparks in basically every position that he's been put in. I'm just not sure where he fits yet. I do like his, I definitely do like the, I don't know, the unpredictability that he brings. <laughs> yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. You, um, you just want him to be more aggressive. I think that comes with age, though, I feel like. I think that will come with age as he gets te- more comfortable. I'm telling my 10-year-old son, be more aggressive. Uh, talk <laughs> about aggression. Can we talk about the fucking hockey check that Hernandez put on that guy on the touchline? Yeah. Beautiful. Oh. 
<laughs> is there a way to pull that clip up? Does anybody Good have God. that? Two He's highlights playing. from that game. The hockey check and then the Tyler Wolf misspit that just dribbled on his chin that he had to like awkwardly just tuck into his kit. <laughs> that's that's how you know there wasn't a whole lot to write home about with this game is those things were the two things that stood out to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I'm glad yeah, let's, yeah, let's talk. Thing. Let's talk about last night's game uh, instead of just like railing against the the front office yeah uh well do you before we talk about that do you want to like go through i mean like like the only other thing i've thought about with uh front office stuff is uh the uh mayumba mayumbu when, when are we gonna see mayumbu i think a few weeks because we're waiting on his, his itc paperwork god what's what? that miss darren eels <laughs> oh yeah we just need better announcements yeah 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 well i mean the one highlight i've seen is he looks kind of fast uh he may be able to help out he Armada, seems to maybe take some pressure off armada with his runs because i mean last night was a key i mean everything was going through armada he needed he had three four guys on it on him at time and he's still is able to get through every now and it day. seems like he's really adept at the give and go like the the distribute and continue a run rather than distribute and then try to hold space for that player to move forward and then holding back like that's what we really need um is that give and go guy that can continue to pull those defenders with them and potentially pull several to then open up a Yakamakas or two of those players up top, you know? Yeah. I wonder if he helps Sosa. Yeah. If he can take a little bit of pressure, maybe help Sosa feel a bit more confident. Cause you know, Sosa is lacking a ton of confidence right now because of inconsistent playing time. Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't his prime position a six Miumba? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Which I guess makes, may, I guess may, I don't know. Going back to the Ibarra thing, like if he's the Ibarra replacement, then why wouldn't you tell Ibarra until the day you're sending him? <laughs> well, that's that's um, what I think Rob Usri was suggesting on Twitter. He's like, this is weird signing. It seems very calculated. And then like the next day, it, it was announced that Ibarra was going on loan. You know what? The last thing about the Ibarra thing, you know, we talk about the whole surprise, his surprise that he didn't find out until he arrived at the training ground. That's honestly not that uncommon in yeah. sports where there are guys that either find out through Twitter, through ESPN or the news or whatever, that there's so many reports of like basketball, football players. Like I had no idea I was getting what happened with the PGA live event. Like none of the players on the entire tour knew it was a fucking possibility. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I get his frustration, though. I mean, imagine being, what is he? He's 22, I think, and he's done everything that you've asked him to do. No, absolutely. And he's fought through bad seasons. He's now cemented himself in the lineup, and they turn around and say, your reward for doing all of that is going to Toronto. Yeah, his and, level of improvement is among the top players on the team from year to year. Like, and that's your reward, mm -hmm. right? It's right, exactly. I mean, how... That's why they they I felt like if they if they held his hand a little more in terms of like explaining like why or giving him more heads up or helping him find a place to live in Toronto or like I don't know I, I mean I don't 
I don't know if, if they haven't done these things or it's just, um, I mean, it, it seems like we found out about it more or less the same time he did. And we're just as shocked as he is, but he's mm-hmm. the one. Oh, sure. He's already, he's already in a foreign country. He's moving to another country. How does that affect his visa and stuff? Uh, I'm well, yeah. The, the How does he thing. I was going to say it's not going to be like a culture shock going from Atlanta to Toronto. You know, like it's big. It big will be cities. from a weather standpoint. He's going to fucking hate it. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's fair. <laughs> Just the the quote that stood out right was like, "Don't send me to the worst." <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry for all those Toronto fans who got butt hurt over the actual truth of the uh, situation. <laughs> Don't yeah, send me to the worst brutal. team. That's pretty brutal. Oh boy. Oh boy, yeah. um, he's not wrong though. Yeah, he's man, did did, did uh, Georgie Petrovich stand on his head a little bit last night, dude? Was, like, uh, I'm as, so as, glad that Chol put in that goal just so he couldn't get the clean sheet. Yes, I was that petty about it. It was just like Fuck I'm gonna turn the race car around because I'm in dead last, and I'm gonna start <laughs> driving the opposite way on the track in Mario Kart to just tank whoever else is in the lead. <laughs> Screw it. I was so frustrating, man. I'm uh, so glad that he did not get the clean sheet because he what, just stood on his head all night. When we scored it, I was like, yes, feels like a win. <laughs> exactly. <Yeah. laughs> I, I will say some of some of the things like, uh, I mean, he had great positioning. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, like yeah. on the Wanho, uh, Wanho header, but that was yeah. straight to him. Like that was, yeah. that, that to me, we made him look pretty good in a couple situations, but he did have a really good game. I mean, yeah. um, I mean, the Tyler Wolf shot, he he should have stopped, which he did. Um, was it Brooks Lennon that he really, uh, that he denied the opportunity yeah. of? And yeah, Brooks and Almada, yeah. Yeah, yeah Almada, Almada, Almada on multiple occasions. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I thought, honestly, we had a lot of good chances. Um, yeah. And if it weren't for him, we were probably looking at a draw or maybe even a win. Um, hey, I completely agree. We just got caught with our pants down at the beginning of the match. And that's and like, that's couple, really it. I mean, there was a couple of really great opportunities that Petrovic didn't even have to make a save. Like ETN and Chol both had one-on-one opportunities on the left side of the six where they just went completely off frame outside right of the goal that they were, I mean, they put, they picked the right side. They had them beat, but they just couldn't put it on frame. I mean, we had mm-hmm. several of those too. Yeah. It, the other, the other frustrating thing for me is coming off, you know, two clean sheets, one on the road against Montreal, which we've had just, I don't think we've ever kept a clean sheet up there before. But, you know, it felt like our defense wasn't doing stupid things anymore. And then we go ahead and just give up a stupid first goal and then a second a few minutes afterwards. And you just thought, <laughs> I thought we were past this. I thought we were past it. I thought we could we could move on. Things were starting to solidify a little bit, but then here we are. Sorry, I was speaking of that first goal. I just want to. I know I'm not a tactical genius or anything like that, but look, why do we just look at the positioning on this? Like, well, how many players we have in the 18? And how like I think we 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 doubled them. Like they we had a two to one advantage on that break man man wise and we still had nobody pushed up to 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 guard that that ball coming into the midfield well the frustrating thing for me was lennon the header the ball in space with time and And just still headed down to the fucking guy and 
we've done this a bunch of times in past games. I think even Abara did it twice. And we're just heading it out precisely to, what's that, mm-hmm. like 10 yards away from the 18-yard box? And it's always going to that area. We have nobody there. And they're able to score an absolute screamer. And it's not like they're even heading, heading it up to get it out at like a heading clearance. It's like they're heading it down for a perfect position for a volley. I mean, it was just put on a platter for him. Yeah. I mean, it was a beautiful goal. I'm not going to take it oh, away yeah. from um, um, who was it? Matt Polster scored that, yeah. scored that goal, but Agreed. Um, yeah, it's just frustrating. Um, it's super frustrating because I felt like we really got caught out of position there. And then with the second goal, Again, not a whole lot of shame in in getting magged by Carlos Heel, but when you're pressed up that high and you have what two guys maybe covering, and mm-hmm. you have a guy that can create and can get into space and just put anything on a dime like Carlos Heel, and you get fucking magged one on one in the midfield, pressing that fucking high. I don't, I don't know either, man. Game. Like I looked at that, I, I watched that again. You're I'm running like, a three back, you're pressing up and leaving. I mean. You're leaving your last guy on a fucking island there. I mean, he can't cover those runs on the opposite side of the field, pressing down on in pace. Like it's just this very, very poor tactically. I felt like. Yeah, it's. I mean, frustrating. I mean, you got a guy like Veroni, who's a big guy and can move well quicker than Parada and Abram anyway, uh, just barreling down. But it's. Yeah, it was a frustrating goal to give up. I, but, uh, you know, you've got to give it to them that they oh yeah, they worked well for that one. Well, they came out. I mean, you got to give New England credit, too. I mean, they came out and really set the tone in that first half. I mean, Atlanta had a much, much better second half performance. But the first half, New England completely dominated that first half of the game. I mean, Almada was pretty much shut down. They set the tone early. They got up by two goals, and then they just had their way with possession by and large, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I think Brittany S's point, that's like the other team heading it down to a free Almada in the spot. You know, I'm sure a whole bunch of other other teams' podcasts who Almada scored a free kick against is like, we know he can score free kicks from that area. Don't foul him there, but yeah. 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 Yeah, but still, like uh, yeah, just it's, just seeing that ball get out into a completely open, like transition fucking volley with yeah. nobody in front of you, like it just it just sucks to see a mistake like that because you see again. I'm not gonna pull that screenshot back up, but you had uh, Parada is stepping up to the penalty spot with his hands behind his back. You have who is that Brooks Lennon maybe sitting in front of the penalty spot guarding yeah, absolutely he had just headed it out. Absolutely nobody near him. Um, eight guys in there. Yeah, yeah. No, we have eight to four, three in the box. And again, like it before Polster made that run, and I don't know who that is in front of Polster, but he was on that same run coming in. It was really like a three on eight or a three on six or something like that on the way in um, whenever they're first playing that ball in on the wing. It's, it's. I don't know, man. It's just like... I, I think that's just a absolute lack of positional awareness um, by the team. I, yeah. I just I, again, I don't know. We we haven't been playing that three back for very long, but I, I just I don't know. It seemed um, yeah. it seemed too, like quite a mistake. Worked pretty good the past 
two games beforehand. That's true, which we haven't recorded and talked about, but fuck Jim Curtin. We won two two nothing at home yeah. against them. Um Absolutely. and then and then Brooks Lennon. Brooks Lennon scored in back to back game. Almost had three three straight games with goal, right? Yeah. Uh, scored against Philly, scored against Mont he had the sole goal against Montreal and then um got denied last night. But uh he's been playing pretty well. Good <sighs> on him for being in the spot for uh that free kick rebound too from Almada for that. Oh Montreal. yeah. Yeah, for sure. That was a uh, that was a great, it's a great heads up goal. I thought they'd practice that one, especially as you've got a guy lying down in the wall. Yeah. Uh, he, I was the one, he, he was the one, the one United player yeah. in the box. Yeah, it was good. Yeah, it was a great, a great putback. Um, I mean, obviously, sucks. I put it back. I put it up on the screen, but Gustavo Rodriguez, buddy down in Buenos Aires, uh, saying, "Unfortunately, we can't win the third game in a row, so we always deflate." Yep. Can't get that third win. Uh, where's New England? At? I guess we can run through the standings really quick. New in England East. is currently sitting second, I believe. Yeah, still eight, eight points. New England, Columbus. Or no, Columbus is fourth, right? Nashville. Nashville's third. Yeah. Philly is fourth. Oh, Philly. Okay. Yeah. And then Columbus. Yeah. And then us. And then we, we have a game. Us. Uh, we in Nashville have a game over everybody else in the above the playoff line. So, yeah, Orlando, who we have in town on Saturday, are a point behind us with the game in hand on us. So, <sighs> yeah, I uh, felt like Almada had a pretty decent game. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course he did. Um, I know he was kind of down for, a few, I don't know, maybe one match, two matches. I don't like it, to his standard, but it seems like he's back up. I think he was the highest rated player on the various stat apps I've seen. But uh, Gustavo, again, Almada had chances, but his teammates did not cover him cover him forward to open up his flanks and leave space for him to shoot with more precision. That's totally right. I felt like during the game it was Almada and then 10 other guys. Yep. Uh, and it was – we just didn't have – I mean, Etienne didn't give us anything – Mascara, I mean, Mascara got us an assist. <laughs> it seemed very fluky. I mean, I think the for Taylor Twelman mentioned it. I think towards the end of the first half, like Barry had six touches the entire first half. Like he's not getting much support. <laughs> no, he's not. that's why I'm like, is Eric Lopez that bad? Yeah. Can we not? Can we not just try him? I, I feel like we've tried everybody else at strike. <laughs> Yeah. Uh Jackson Conway's gotta be like, what the fuck, man? Oh, like, Jackson, he's like, yeah, but Jackson hasn't done anything. Even I think in he's, Atlanta United to uh oh, that's Phoenix right. Rising got terminated too. Oh wow. Didn't know that. He, yeah, it's it's not it's not good for Jackson right now. I don't I have I mean, I hope he can come good, of course, but he scored two in five since returning to Atlanta United too. So Yeah, but we're now MLX. MLS next, next pro. pro. That's true. Is like That's true. Different USL two. Oh, it's, what it's caused not. that to happen? Well, uh, we detached from USL MLS. USL two. were. I think they were frustrated that we were putting B teams in their first tier. God, that's like like Atlanta United two was getting thrashed all the time, and we're like, hey, we didn't put you in this league, so you could just put trash in here and get your players exercise. No, that makes total sense. So, you know, and plus hey. we would, Atlanta United 2 is not 
That's what that that's what frustrates me. Why couldn't have Eric Lopez or someone gone to like a USL two team? I I mean I don't know. I it doesn't make sense. But honestly, like to go to that USL point, I mean the Segunda Division deals with it, right? I mean they have uh, Barcelona B and they have Real Madrid, um, whatever their second team. Oh, I'm sure they play in the second division. More fin- financial incentive right there yeah no for sure but i'm just saying like there are leagues that let their their cat they're basically their academies play in the second division and that they just can't really they can't get promoted too. yeah they just can't get promoted i was just going to compliment you on your reverse like nail polish trend of like getting all of your nails painted but then one of them an opposite color you just did none painted but just painted the one mm-hmm. nail it's pretty sweet man so Even that's really just like the constant reminder <laughs> yeah i painted it i even went so oh. far as to paint it under the nail and <laughs> under the that nail tattoo bed. needle right under the nail yeah. bed yeah it's, it's hardcore moment. man it's it's hardcore it's uh <laughs> god but I'm totally with Brandon Scott. <laughs> Murphy's Law, if we talk enough smack about Lopez now, he'll prove us wrong next time playing the odds. Yeah, prove me wrong, Lopez. Oh, my what, God. Why don't we prove play Nicholas wrong. Firmino? Why don't we play him? Uh, he's got... I don't know. I think they're figuring out how this transfer window goes. And then if nothing happens, then maybe they'll sign him towards the end of the window. But then he's only got... I think he can only sign two or three more... Uh, emergency signing contracts before gotcha. he's he's not allowed to. Um, speaking of Firmino, the other Firmino, maybe my favorite player of all time at this point, Roberto Firmino. How frustrating have you guys found it, or if you have you found it frustrating at all, Kevin? You talking about live and sports washing in Saudi Arabia? Like, how frustrating it is, is it? Do you think for MLS brass that they're going to miss out? on so many of these late stage superstars that are going over to Saudi Arabia because they can't compete with the wages. Like Jordan Henderson, I think he's about to leave Liverpool to go join Steven Gerrard at El Etifak uh, for like 700,000 pounds a week. Like there's, there's no way to even compete with that if you're MLS. Yeah, I don't know, man. I don't know what the answer is, and you can't stop money. <laughs> I mean, it's just the way the world goes. I, it's It's unfortunate, but... It's it's also unfortunate that you have salary cap leagues too. I mean, that's what's keeping top tier talent from coming to the MLS, really, in a lot of ways. You know, so it's I don't know. It's it's frustrating, but I don't know what you do about it. I don't know that you can do anything about it. Well, the other so the other thing is the UK have revamped their professional athletic visa process in terms of the amount of points so they've actually jumped mls from a tier four league to a tier three and they've also revamped their their processing of just athletes in general coming to play in efl and epl so there's going to be a lot more like it's good in terms of there's more going to be more uh british eyes looking at mls to bring people over but it's also bad that it's also going to look at other leagues, like traditionally the South American leagues that we've been pulling so much from, is they it's going to give them more opportunity to skip MLS and go straight to, to England. Yeah. So I think it'd be good. Like I think the championship is a great place for uh, – like the English championship is a great place for 
a lot of up-and-coming USMNT talent to go to, um, but it's just it's a it's like it's a double-edged sword, and it's gonna it's just gonna put more pressure on being able to put those high-end contracts to players that you want to attract over because we can pay you more. I right. feel like that's going to become the the new thing, which it's terms and also thinks like it says to MLS, what what do you do now? Do you keep three DP spots? Do you increase a ton more TAM? Do you, how, how do you re, um, resolve this now? Because I feel like now, especially with Messi, Busquets, potentially Jordi Alba, maybe Aiden Hazard coming in. I feel like we're now out of whack with with how we want to compensate the players in terms of roster management. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mindfuck, to be honest. Um, because I look at a guy like Kareem Benzema, who's what, like 36? Like one of the best players in the world, reigning Ballon d'Or, 35 years old, and like still playing at a really high level. Like this is the prime guy, right? Like in, in years past, this is this is the guy to come to MLS and play for LA galaxy to play for LAFC and just absolutely tear shit up. Right. And then to bring a little bit more spotlight on the league, but when he's making 200 million pounds a season in Saudi Arabia, how do you attract somebody when they're getting offered that kind of money elsewhere? Like that intergenerational, well, like his, his great, great grandkids are never going to have to work a day in their life because of one contract in Saudi Arabia. Like, how do you, how do you, especially guys that like grew up in poverty? Like, how do you not, how, I just don't understand. Like, it's just, it's frustrating. Um, and I, I, and I kind of hope it goes the way of the Chinese Super League, to be honest. Um, which yeah. they did the same thing and it fucking blew up. They didn't get the, they didn't get the talent that, that the Saudi League is getting, but they still got good players and then still weren't paying them. And then, you know, they ended up imposing their own roster restrictions, certain amount of homegrowns to try and increase the talent pool in China. And as a result, like that's not that attractive of a league to play in anymore. But I don't know if that's going to happen in Saudi Arabia because they have endless oil money. Like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. I, I'm interested to see. Like. Because ultimately, I mean, you can pay a ton of money. But is that going to be a league that is going to develop? people uh and i think mls as much as people get frustrated with how mls is structured in terms of compensation i think it's the right way to go about it it is more steady you don't want vicious peaks and valleys you do want a steady curve and i think that as you move things along i think we're at a point now where they need to sort of like (laughs) you know they need to increase or decrease the uh, interest rate like the Fed do, but do it just kind of slowly because uh, then that's going to keep yielding re- you results. So I think the MLS is in a good position, but they do need to look at it. Now's the time, I feel like. Yeah, no, it needs the, the structure needs an overhaul. And even if that that's at the detriment of the cheap owners in the league, I mean, at mm-hmm. a certain point, we're just going to have to kind of open the floodgates. Well, the good thing is, you know, RSL was traditionally one of those cheap owners, but now that they've gone due to, I think they had terrible uh, 
abuse cases on front office yeah staff. i think that's right yeah uh but now i think i believe they have a new ownership and they're looking to pay 15 million dollars to bring somebody in so rsls do i mean then they're doing really well right now yeah so. man i'm just looking at the sorry i'm kind of just fixated on the saudi stuff um just looking at the list, like Kareem Benzema, Angolo Conte, Ruben Neves, who's in his prime, uh, Khalidu Koulibaly, who at one point in the past few years was one of the better center backs in the league, Edouard Mendy uh, from Chelsea, Steven Gerrard as a manager, um, who else? Roberto Firmino, Sergei Milinkovic-Savic from Lazio, who's definitely in his prime. Um, and then there's talks for like Neymar to go, uh, Hakim Ziyech, Bernardo Silva. I can't believe Neymar's still playing. Yeah, <laughs> Wilfred Zaha. I mean, I didn't know Buffon was even still playing. Uh, Paul Pogba, Jordan Henderson, and then good on the guys who rejected it, though, right? Like Messi, uh, Youngman Son from and Tottenham, Lukaku. Yeah. Anyway. Is Son definitely going? No, no, no. Guys who rejected. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, no. He rejected the oh, rejected. advances. Okay. Yeah. I think he's going to stay. Modric, Jamie Vardy. Pedro from Flamenco, uh, Alexander Mitrovic got denied by Fulham. Oh, maybe these guys are, haven't all rejected it themselves. Um, I know that Fulham rejected the Alexander Mitrovic signing. Anyway, sorry, guys, kind of going off on a okay. tangent. Um, well, going back to Armada, uh, Gustavo, Armada will get better because he, he – because now he's single, and rumors say that he has a new girlfriend, a famous singer in Argentina. So that will be auspicious for the team. So first, I had to look up auspicious and make well, sure I knew what it meant. Barco, it should be all right. Is that her name? Auspicious? <laughs> no, auspicious means it's like it's a good thing. <laughs> oh, what about inauspicious? It's probably a bad thing. Inauspicious is not conducive to success. So, like, okay, yeah, TikTok so it's the star, like Jurgen Dom, yeah. yeah. So Jurgen Dom was his TikTok, his off the field stuff was inauspicious. But then this singer that Almada is with is auspicious. Yeah. So I appreciate that Gustavo is, I believe, English is a second language, uh, educating me on my own language. So thank you, Gustavo. <sighs> it's hate I, week. It's hate week. Do we have what? Uh, what the people want? Of course. <laughs> Do we have it? I'm waiting for the music. Is that is that uh, gone now? Oh, there we go. We just had a practice. That's that's my favorite part. Is like the dissonance. The wah, 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 wah. Oh, all right, great, Orlando. Seventh in the East, tenth overall. No. What'd you say? <laughs> do you want to do this, Kevin? Do you want to do this? Orlando. <laughs> <laughs> okay. No, I'm totally cool with that. That was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, Orlando, seventh in the East, tenth overall to Atlanta United. Six in the East, ninth overall. So it doesn't matter what they do; we're always one better. Um, Wow, that didn't even make any sense. Okay, nine wins, seven draws, six losses. Uh, scored 32 goals, uh, conceded 27, so they've got a plus five goal difference. I believe we're still positive on goal difference now. But I was trying to go through some stats and relate them to the league overall and then compare them to Atlanta. So 
uh, 1.46 goals a game. So that's ninth in the league compared to Atlanta is 1.78, and we're third. Obviously, goals conceded, not that great. They're a lot more defensive-minded, so they only concede 1.23 goals per game, which puts them at ninth in the league. Uh, we're 28th with 1.61, so a little bit awkward there. Uh, seven clean sheets sheets to our six. Um, 51% possession, as is 56, but as is second in the league to their 10th. Uh, and one thing I was more interested in is shots on target. I felt like in the past few games, we've done a lot better about not just sailing the ball over the bar. We've actually been getting shots on target, which although so like the amount of saves uh, the Petrescu was having to make last night is a good indicator of that also. So um, even though they didn't get in, at least they're on target. And to be honest with you, I prefer them to be on target than just railing them over the goal. Uh, so they're 11th in the league and we're eighth. So they're averaging 4.46 shots on target to our 4.74. So still pretty close. Both teams are still pretty close. The last five games, uh, so going back five weeks, they drew with Philly 2-2. At one point, they were 2-0 up, and uh, Philly came back, but uh, Orlando had a third goal disallowed by VAR, which was Unfortunate for them, but it was just offside. So, you know, then they went to Seattle, drew 0 0. Um, then they played Chicago back at, is it Exploria Stadium or is it still Camping World? I think it's Exploria at their home stadium. Uh, Enrique had a brilliant goal. It was like a, a bullet daisy burner all the way through to the far right hand corner in a 3 1 win against uh, Chicago. But, oh, they also had like a five-on-two break towards their goal. So five Orlando players, two Chicago defenders. And because throughout all of this, I'm thinking like, man, their midfield is really good. But then they had a break like that and still just stuffed it at the keeper and it came up to absolutely nothing. And then backed off, allowed Chicago to totally regroup, and then the moment was lost. So it's I'm glad that they're making a hash of potentially – initially very favorable attacking plays and then having to completely recycle also. Um, then they beat Tor- uh, Toronto 4-0. Uh, Worst team in Orlando. the league. Yep. And then uh, lost 4-0 to RSL on the road. So whether that was altitude sickness that they were suffering, but they uh, gave they conceded three goals from wide areas. And you know Atlanta United likes to pump in a ton of crosses when we can right through the box. So that is potentially something that's favorable in area. And it's good that we're playing them at the bends rather than their home because they're between their home form and their away form has, I mean, obviously they're worse on the road, but it's not drastically, dramatically different. So it's better for us that we're at home, obviously, because I feel like we're much better at home. Um, The top players, Facundo Torres, who's, he's, He's been really good. Uh, Martin Ojeda, which is their new DP that they signed this year, and their best defender, uh, Rafael Santos, who's uh, been out on the left, at left back for a while. Also, they've got this guy called Duncan Maguire. I actually hadn't heard of him, but he's actually been tearing it up. He was an MLS uh, super draft pick, and when he was at Creighton, he scored 26 goals in 27 games, which is incredible. Uh, and now he's got seven goals um, for Orlando. 
and he's actually displaced their new DP, Martin Ojeda, on the roster. So ex- I would expect Maguire to be the guy up front. He's kind of a similar, like, big body build, but he's fast. Think about Brandon Vasquez, think Daryl DK. Um, he's been electric for them. But then also, you know, he wasn't that great against RSL. So they've got a lot of potential. Um, our stats are very similar. I predict that it seems like they've had a very, very consistent lineup, at least through the past five games, which is about as far back as I could go. So they've got Galese and Gaul, Santos, Jansen, and Carlos, and then I think it's Kerry Smith who starts him right back. He seems to get subbed out pretty frequently for um, – I think he's an Icelandic guy. He's got an incredible name, sounds like a, a God of War character. Um, then they've also had a pretty consistent midfield in um, Cartagena and Arujo. So, and that's Uruguayan. I checked that he wasn't Brazilian. So it was Arujo, not Arujo. So those guys have been holding it down in the defensive midfield. And then you've got Agulo, Pereja, and Facundo Torres. Um, all in that front three, Pereja and Torres just roam around all over the field. They're not really sticking to that specific spot. And then I'm sure I'm assuming you'll have a Maguire up top. The interesting thing about Pereja, Pereja Torres, and Arujo is they're all Uruguayan. So surely they're all going to be playing together. That's a great thing for the club. It's a great thing for the Uruguayan national team if, if they can get through there. So. It's going to be really difficult. They favor playing down the right, I believe. Oh, man, I've totally lost all my stuff now. Uh, anyway, but our weaknesses in there. Here we go. Here we go. That is not it. Sorry, pulling up who scored. Thanks, Kevin. Thanks for filling in that, that annoying oh, sound. Oh, Tim. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so the strength of creating through balls, finishing scoring chances, uh, weaknesses are aerial duels, so hopefully Parada can score another header. Defending long shots, we've got plenty of those. Defending against skillful players, we know at least we've got one. And I would argue, arguably say Brooks Lennon is a skillful player also, so that's good. And uh, avoiding fouling in dangerous areas, so maybe we can get a another one or two Armada free kicks. Um, yeah, they attack up the left. Uh, they're not very aggressive uh, and like to also left and middle. So you can kind of see, if you look at uh, Pereja and Torres' heat maps, they do tend to favor the left. Um, I don't know. It seems like when you look at the past formations against the formations they've been playing in respective games, you're trying to understand like maybe that's just the way they favor because it doesn't seem perfectly obvious to me about the players on the teams that have been playing a particularly weak on their right-hand side. So that's just been my research. So I think it's going to be a very close game. I mean, the way we've been playing recently, you could see like us winning 2-0, us losing 2-0, a 2-1, a 2-2 draw, or something crazy like a 3-3 draw or something like that if we can not have all these ridiculous mistakes just happening on defense. So hopefully the short turnaround will galvanize our guys to um, not put, to kind of focus them. So are you guys going, Oh, excuse me. Are you guys going on Saturday? No. 
I would not be back in town, so I wouldn't Gotcha. Gotcha. I will not be. Um, hopefully you guys have, whoever's going, hopefully you guys have fun. Bring the, bring the ruckus, the mother effing ruckus on Saturday. Let him hear you. Uh, Dan, thank you for that breakdown. You're welcome. The Dan load. I know it's been, you know, Kevin charging, stuns, it's been okay. charging for a few weeks. What? No, I, uh, I got distracted. I, I happened to open up my Outlook and then I went down a rabbit hole of just trying to file everything. <laughs> yeah, it's like, are you doing work or something? Yeah, yeah basically it. You just see this glazed over looking. Yeah, pretty much. I listened to every word, Dan. Thanks, I listened. Dan. It was like listening to a podcast. I get to experience what all the people get to experience tomorrow in advance. Oh, it's going to be up tomorrow? <laughs> oh, was that a slide at Tim? Yeah, it is. Uh, it will be. Actually, prove no, me probably. wrong. Just like Eric Lopez is going to. Yeah, no. no, no, I'm going to prove you right because it'll be up tonight. Oh, awesome. Well, what you got, else you got, guys? Anything else? Uh, the Bear season two was pretty great. I don't know if you guys watched that. I've only got through one episode of the Bear season one. Really liked it. Just haven't got back. It's like other things. I've got other things to watch. Like I watched Silo. That's great. Still haven't finished The Sopranos. We oh, went the back Witcher, and rewatched the... all of Breaking Bad over the past couple of weeks. Well, I went back and rewatched it. Stacy had never seen it. And so I was like a kid in a candy store watching somebody watch it for the first time every episode. Just like, oh, here we go. We're going on a ride, baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, just yeah. watching her emotionally break over the course of those five seasons was just. I'll never forget the episode where he just went in he's he's not happy with jesse's new girlfriend and oh man he creeps breaks into their room and watches something unfold and does not help they were doing it (laughs) doing drugs uh what have you been watching tim uh we watched the bear oh jury duty on amazon prime so good that was unreal how good that was um and fear not kevin i don't know if, i don't think you have prime but it's on freebie like uh, amazon has a free service to watch some of their stuff with ads Ooh. it's super worth it i don't know if you know anything about it but um it's like guy it's it's basically it's it's a reality show it's a truman show type thing one guy just doesn't know uh that he's the only non-actor in a jury trial gotcha and james marsden is in it playing himself um <laughs> And it's pretty, pretty great. It's uh, I. It's so impressive because none of those are well-known actors, like apart from James. Marsden. Oh, I, well, I recognize Kirk Fox, uh, Pat oh. McCurdy. Like I know him because he's a stand-up comedian. I I, I knew him from um, Last Comic Standing. He was a participant mm-hmm. on that a long time ago, and I think he's played bit parts on um, bit parts on sitcoms. I think he was on like Parks and Rec once or twice or something like that. Yeah. Um. To me, yeah. it's just so impressive that all of those people didn't break character once for months. Yeah, for months. Around. Not one time. Not one time. That last episode where they like kind of go through the whole process is super impressive. Um, Gustavo Rodriguez said, I think Home Before Dark is the only one of the original Atlanta United podcasts that survived. Totally agree. Yep, absolutely. <laughs> Let's just end it now. Don't nobody correct him. 
Definitely the best. <laughs> Orlando City podcast. <laughs> Definitely the best oh. Orlando City podcast in the game. It's good to be the king. Um, and Brittany, I said, what about the Lincoln Lawyer? I've never watched the show, but I really liked the Matthew McConaughey movie. I thought that was a really good movie. So I didn't put it together that he did the movie The Lincoln Lawyer, and then obviously he's in all the adverts for Lincoln's. Oh, yeah. I didn't put that together, and then someone put it up to me, and I was like, oh, my gosh. <laughs> uh, we've been watching a lot of Daniel Tiger. Um, Puff and Rock has been, been pretty good, too. Um, the new Muppet Babies is pretty sweet. It's a little weird. It's a little jarring because it's, like, all CG rendered. And, uh, you know, I grew up with the cartoon, the Muppet Babies cartoon. Oh, have you watched Bluey season three, the 10 episodes that dropped yesterday? No, I didn't know they dropped new episodes. Some of the season three stuff's a little weird to me. Like, Unicorse like, is the best episode they've ever made. I'm trying to remember what that is. Oh, Dan, you, you need to go back and watch yeah. it. Again if you don't there, there's it. some of them that were like fixating on dad and mom's butts. And I'm like, ah, that's a little weird. Like to have like a, my two year old watching. <laughs> Just like. Yeah, this seems a little <laughs> odd, but yeah. Guilty. <laughs> oh, and then Thomas and Friends is just, it's a classic. Yeah, wait till he gets into, she gets into YouTube. Uh, yeah, I mean, she's super, uh, super into Miss Rachel for anybody who has kids and understands, like, I don't know if your kids watched Miss Rachel, but it puts a trance on babies and like toddlers. Like the trance that Kevin's in right now? Yeah. Okay. Look at yeah, it. it's it's oh, almost man, this is it's as riveting to them as a um a really cluttered uh outlook inbox is to Kevin. Yeah. Oh, you can see that? <laughs> yeah, you can see in your glasses. <laughs> That's remember, exactly what it is. Tim, really remember like... when Kevin was gonna go to South America and do the ayahuasca ceremony, but then COVID hit and he couldn't do it. Yeah, really cool. COVID hit and then I think Stacy hit. Okay, and I have a really, I like, have a real, I have a real question for everybody. This is a good question for Brit, or not for Brittany S, but for Michelle if she's still in the trap. I have such a problem with Outbox or with my Outlook organization. It is so bad. Like I can't. I feel like if I start actually compartmentalizing everything into individual folders for all my projects, then I don't see them all in my inbox when I need them. So then everything's just in my inbox. And then I have way too many messages in my inbox. So I'm just constantly searching for things. And then I am in this fucking infinite loop now of my inbox storage being full. So I have to go through and like remove all of these attached. Oh yeah. My inbox storage is full all the time. Well, what, first of all, in what world do we live in where you have limited storage? Like, yeah, we, I know. We use what Google. Sort of we, janky we use Google out, architecture outfit you work at. Do we use Google Workspace? And I have probably two hundred gigs of emails, and I've used less than one percent of my storage. Kevin, are you backing up everything on floppy disks still? No, I have fifty <laughs> gigs of storage in my inbox, and I'm always full. Oh. We have like two hundred terabytes a person. Oh, I was for our, for our inbox storage. Yeah, 
Yeah, I, uh, I think that maybe this is not an issue. I just need to talk to my IT to make sure they increase yeah, it. Yeah, just let, they just keep doing what I'm doing. My thirty three thousand in emails in my inbox. Hold on, yeah, yeah, yeah. I will tell you right now at the bottom. Uh, using oh, I'm using three point two terabytes. Um, this is yeah. the best though. This is this is what Tim really loves to see. Which oh one? yeah, doesn't give me anxiety at all. The sixty, have, the sixty thousand on the. Uh, <laughs> I do. I have seventy seven thousand e- emails in my inbox, and I've used like less than one percent of my storage. How much? Seventy seven thousand. Okay, so I've got thirty eight thousand in mine. So it's okay <laughs> that it's all just in the inbox and not sorted. Well, I don't know how Outlook is, but we use Gmail, we use Google Workspace, and I just use I just use Search. Like search is so good inside a workspace that I don't have to worry about. Like I still tag my emails occasionally, but and I have certain filters, but otherwise. Dan, I, Dan, tell me what I should be doing. You're the one that I really should be listening to because you're in the same field as me. <laughs> so George actually sent me up with like the today, yesterday, this week, that's last week. And now I've got a folder for all the, the projects that I work on. So and I, I set up rules. used to do that until I had fucking 18 jobs that i've got a no but i every every subject line i put the project number in and then when people don't do that i reply to them and i change the subject line that puts that project number in and then you make a rule so it moves to that folder okay okay that's a that's a good idea everyone is welcome for all of our outbox (laughs) outlook tips when they call when they listened in for uh, it's good job we put this at the end, so we yeah. finished talking about Land United now. Now only, we're on the only problem I have administration. Is I like to see everything in my inbox. That's how I am. I, I like, like to, be to able have to go my inbox the past three weeks and not have to go through seven different folders to see everything. That I can just see everything that's come through. Yeah. But I guess Dan, to that point, you have subfolders of just what all has come in in those past couple of weeks. I'm pointing to it. This is the man you need to talk to. You need to talk to Gustavo. He is like, I believe he's a computer genius. <laughs> he's the guy you need to talk to. <laughs> so Gustavo, why don't you DM Kevin? Or Kevin so, can DM you. I don't. So yes, Michelle, it is necessary to keep all the emails. For what we do, like it could easily but What about come the up. junk emails? Like huh? I have a lot of junk emails. That oh, I, I trash all of that. I, I purge my junk and clutter regularly. But like my regular inbox that them after a certain amount of time, I think it's set to like 18 months or something like that. But I don't, I don't delete because if God forbid, if I ever need to go back to look at something in the future. Dude, why not have a paper trail? If it's not like for me, if it's not causing me any harm, I'm not deleting emails. Like, because my email will keep that record more than like my project management software will. My project management software logs will like probably purge after 18 months or whatever, like yeah. looking at activity. And I don't know, just having it all in one place, being able to search or having attachments or whatever is like, I don't know. I have, I, I did purge my emails at one point back in like 20. I think I purchased everything prior to maybe 2016 or something Were like that. Were we in a stock market crash at that point, Timmy? You didn't have anything else to do. <laughs> <laughs> no, I literally just said e- emails between this date and that date. Oh, just get rid of them. Yeah. 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 And then I'm think, like, why am I doing that? It's not ca- like it's not harder to load my email. It only shows me 50 at a time. Like, 
So the other thing, Michelle, is I think, Kevin, I think our statute of limitations is 20 to 25 years. No, well, it depends on what it is. For for E&O, I think it's seven years. Yeah. But yeah, that's why. I mean, what else else can we uh, talk about with email? Put your questions in the trap. (laughs) Oh, all the soft openings. Dan, are you a typical British person whenever it comes to email correspondence where you, you, there is absolutely 0% fluff and it is straight to the point and I think you're mad at me. Like, no, I'm actually, I feel like quite I'm American. Fluffy, actually. Yeah. Um, I feel like, especially with emails and especially in this landscape that we're in, in right now, uh, is you have to be, you have to kind of go out of your way to be um, a little bit superfluous in yeah. the amount of like ad- adjectives you can add. Oh, and well, I've, I've, I've even had, if I'm talking to like, internal people i've even had emojis in my emails and i love a good meme i'll put some beams in my emails but no wait you guys send internal emails pretty often yeah if it's a big team email most of mine's just teams yeah yeah we're mostly using google chat or whatever for or like email feels more formal though like a lot of people in our company don't even check their email because they're just working in their project management software all day and in the chat yeah I almost don't ever do that. What about, yeah. So Dan, I find myself like I go to like maybe even just sometimes annoyed, go to write like a really straight into the point email. And I'm like, hold on, click at the beginning. Hope all is well, period. Okay. So I can send this now because this person, whoever it's addressed to, you just put an exclamation point <laughs> after their name just to like liven it up a little bit <laughs> before bringing down the hammer. Yeah. yeah. So I did change. So one habit when we were back on Skype before Teams, I would let's say I was writing a message to Kevin. I'd say Kevin, enter. So we just got Kevin up on the screen, and then I type out what I wanted and hit enter. Oh God! And then people would be like, and then I, I was talking to this. people about it, and Please people were like, "Are you mad at me?" I was like, no. So now I say, hi, Kevin, enter. So, so that's a, that's, that's a, that brings up another point because I don't really enjoy putting salutations in chats. Like I treat every individual chat with a person as if it's an ongoing thread since the beginning of time. Oh, yeah. I'm the same way. Like if somebody pings me in Teams and they're like, hey, how's it going? I'm like, just tell me what you want. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I'm not doing this. We'll say, good morning. Good morning, Tim. <laughs> The worst is because, and Dan, I'm sure you can sympathize with this, so much of whatever we're in production, uh, like everything that we actually write on drawings and stuff like that is in all caps. So then I'll I'll go over to Teams and I'll type something really quick and hit enter. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm not yelling at you. Does does Teams have quick editing? Like in in Google Chat, if I fire off something, if I hit the up arrow, I can go and edit it like immediately. Like if it. Are you seriously that much of an Android boy, Tim? Android boy? That you don't use Teams. What do you mean? It's a Google. (laughs) Oh, do you have an iPhone now? Dude, I've had an iPhone for like seven years. I've had one since 2018. No, Uh, I use a Mac. I've used a MacBook for 11 years at work. Like what? Oh, yeah. No, no, no. We use we just use Google Workspace and Google Chat as free. Oh. And we don't have to pay for Teams. We don't have to pay for Slack or anything like that. And it's comparable. So, no, it's super. Um, I don't know. It's nice. Google, Google. Like whenever the pandemic hit, they really beefed up their suite. Like, 
Google Meet really sucked at the time. It's a lot better now. It's still mm-hmm. not like it's still not Teams and it's still not whatever. Like our Teams is kind of locked. Like I can't even sign up for it uh, just because our IT team has done it before and kind of canceled our subscription, whatever. Um, but yeah, I don't. Another question, Brandon Scott, how do you sign off in an email? I put best. Like that's in my signature. It's just like best. So that's exactly what I do, Tim. Yeah. And I've heard, I've read somewhere that it's now passive aggressive. (laughs) Well, that that kind of bears out because there are times where I'm like, I should probably put thanks with an exclamation point instead of best right here, because I feel like it's going to be more personal or whatever. I don't see how it's passive aggressive. I I think people who write those blogs about email communication are probably just looking for stuff to. I think, yeah, I think I read a a wall street journal article about how to how to sign off on an email and it and just, it recommended just classy. It, it still says yours truly keep it <laughs> no I, I don't have anything it, it just if once i get done with the email it I just have, like, ends my, well i have my Careful. email signature that has like my name and contact information and everything but it doesn't oh and the certifications job. baby just got all them letters got all them it's all them initials soup, yeah it's alphabet soup baby mm-hmm. yeah yeah, yeah. I, I did like one of my coworkers signs off her emails as all the best. Oh boy! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah <no>. uh, <laughs> oh, well, it's been great, guys. Thanks. Uh, what was the other thing? Oh, Josh Pagriansky was asking what our real jobs are. Uh, Kevin and Dan are both architects, and I do a little bit of everything at a software company. Uh, I, I'm in management, so um, yeah, a lot of client interaction on my part. So um, gotta gotta be good oh. with the emails. Yeah, Elliot Beaven, it sucks that USA lost. USA uh, lost, dude. Yeah, that was um, that was kind of brutal. That was like a horrible penalty that Christian Roldan took last night. As um, well, he had 90 minutes to you know not get into penalties. Oh no. In, in, we were lucky to get into penalties. We got oh, really? dominated. Yeah, bad. yeah, yeah. We got we got absolutely dominated in that match. I mean, it was better towards the end of the second half. The goal that Jesus Ferreira scored was just incredible. Um, I don't know if you saw it, but the volley I that did. he put. Yeah, no, no. He um, he put a volley in. This was second half extra time. They scored in the first half of extra time on a really, I guess, I don't know. Matt Turner probably didn't have a lot of choices, but he got caught out. Um, ball over the top to i can't remember the guy's name um anderson i think for panama and he just missed he got he got lobbed on a whenever he came out of the box to go and stop it but then his Ferrer scored a really good goal the uh like one of the nicest goals that i've seen him his him score um i really like that guy a lot i know that fowler and balagun's gonna be like the star of the team but um so is he like a christian Pulisic level player who balagun Mm-hmm. Um, just in terms of talent, mm-hmm. yeah, I would say that, that's that's what I'm led to believe. He had a really good season in in uh, France on loan, and he's coming back, and I think he's got potential for a lot of uh, starting time or a lot of play time at Arsenal. That's what the US needs. They need more talent at Pulisic's level, and it's fantastic that Pulisic is going to AC Milan, dude. But I am is, so excited like, for him. It is three years too late. He should have uh, yeah. gone there ages ago. Yeah, he's been misutilized or underutilized or whatever for the past few years. And the the manager carousel has not helped him whatsoever no. at at Chelsea. Yeah, the the whole U.S. soccer the 
the association. I mean, that's the problem. I mean, there's got a ton of players. It's you, you lined up nicely for these players to now develop into a real challenging team, potentially in 2026 on home soil. So U.S. really need to put a stamp on that. I mean, they should be getting – you should expect semis, semifinal with, with that team. But just with rolling the in there, 11 guys with semis, just <laughs> – That's right. Well, I just feel like the the problem that the U.S. have is, one, the, the front office stuff, association stuff, terrible and all over the place. Mm-hmm. But then, two, the general competition they play of – you need better competition than that. If they can combine the combo ball and CONCACAF together, so you're regularly playing Argentina, you're regularly playing Brazil, you're regularly playing all those South American teams, that's what you need to be doing, not playing Kitts and St. Kitts and Nevis. Or, yeah. I mean, you should have won. You should have won that 10 nil. Yeah, no. Same thing with like Trinidad. I mean, I think Trinidad's kind of fallen on hard times. They've been a decent squad still, at times in the past. They're an island nation. Right. The no, US no, 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 I 100% is... agree. Yeah, 100% so. agree. It's like, um, yeah, Elliot even said next year they'll try in Copa America. Yeah, if, if we w- would be able to get in there more often than not, then, you know, being able to play those guys, like you said, in rotation would be better. I'd rather us get our asses kicked by Argentina than beat the shit out of Trinidad and Tobago, because I think you're going to learn more from the former than the latter. 100%. And then, and then it tempers people's expectations going into the world cup. Looks like, Oh, we beat who one of this Caribbean Martinique six nil. So we should go win the world cup, but no, not really. I mean, you haven't played anyone. Yeah. You know, it's it's kind of a you should be I mean, people talk about the hex is grueling and you've got to go to all these different things that shouldn't even matter. You're playing you're playing a team that shouldn't be better than you and you should win that. No, I agree. Um, last thing. And then, Kevin, we can probably wrap up. I know you've probably we've kept you a little late. Well, I know you go uh, to bed pretty early. Well, I know uh, he's going to his email now. Okay. <laughs> Michelle said, excuse my ignorance, but why aren't some of the regular first team players not playing like Gio and, and Pulisic, uh, Pepe and McKenney? Um, are you just talking about in, in the Gold Cup? I think they were um, just giving them a rest because they just came off the, the Nations League, right? And they're probably in training for their squads coming into trying to get in shape for August. I think like I know a lot of the teams are reporting right now and doing training with their team. So, um, yeah, I think, mm-hmm. I think that was a lot of it though. It wasn't just us. I mean, Mexico, I think was playing with a lot of their B squad. Um, I think it's gold cup, gold cup is just like, I don't know if it's always been like that, but just the time of the year that it's in, it's never great for like top tier talent to be there. You guys want to start a Deadpool for who's going to get injured in the all-star game. Mm. Almada out for the rest of the season. Oh God, Greg Garza completely done. Fuck you, Kevin. Fuck you. Uh, No, I don't. Uh, I actually. So now you know. As I have kids, I'd love to be able to take my kid to the All Star game. He would have a blast. And I, I hope they mic up more players. Remember when they mic'd up Brad Guzan? Oh God, that was awful. Can we talk they about how terrible the Captain America kits are, too, by the way? Oh, yeah, that's awful. God, what a terrible missed opportunity. Yeah. Wait, the they... new the All-Star kits? No, no the, the Captain, Captain America, America training jerseys. It's like got the 
the Marvel it's, partnership with MLS and they did the same Marvel I was like, inspired that, kit for every team and just slapped their logos on it. And so bad. They should have just done a hero, a superhero for each team. Exactly. And just got a street artist to say, okay, Hulk, Atlanta. That's what, right. You know, that's right. It, it would have been incredible. It would have been yeah, amazing. I mean, the opportunity for local artists to play into the MLS, I mean, it, oh, it would have been freaking amazing. But no, we have to do some corporate Captain America bullshit. I mean, yeah, come it's on. It's real bad. Yeah, I'm looking at it for the first time. I didn't even, I completely missed this it's back terrible. in June. I was so excited about it too. Like yeah. I was checking all the notifications regularly. It's like, oh man, this has got the opportunity to be something really fucking cool. And it was a absolute flopper. Yeah, my my even my ten year old son. I was like, "Hey, look at this," and he was like, "That's not good. That's not good. <laughs> that ain't good, chap." Now, Governor. so what have you seen? Toronto's third kit that's been leaked. I don't think so. It's like uh, it's it's pink, blue, and yellow, uh-huh. and it's like uh, paint bursts out from the logo, and um, it actually it- looks. Pretty kind sweet. of fucking awesome. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I'm about to share this. Hold on, Kevin. I'm hoping that LA United can do something even better. Oh, no. We'll we'll do something really dumb. Um, there you go, Kevin. Oh, yeah. That reminds me of like some of the Meow Wolf kits. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, pretty those sweet. Are those are really fun. Yeah, that that's really good. Yeah. Cool. All right. I think it's about Great. that time, boys. Uh, find us all home before dark on the Twitter. Uh, we refuse to join Threads at this point in time. Nonetheless, you can find That's us. That's because at- is that because we are so massive right wing Elon Musk fans? Is that why you got it? You got it. You can find well, us. I don't at- have any. I don't find have any control on listeners. This is find us on Truth thing. on Truth Social. You can find us at Tianon. That's T A N O N on Twitter um, or Tannen, you know. <laughs> but no, find us at Home Before Dark. That's before spill. Be in the number four. Like, subscribe, hit the bell icon to get a notification each and every time we go live. Love the hell out of all of you in the trap. Thank you so much for tuning in and hanging out with us. Send us your best Microsoft Outlook tips and tricks. We'll see you next time. As always, be home before dark. I love it, and I'm so glad that I'm actually back recording because it's been a long time with you guys. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>